Hello and welcome to the NicheSiteTools.com podcast where we share experiences, tips, and tools to help everyone achieve a greater level of success with their online adventures. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 115 of the NicheSiteTools.com podcast. So glad to have you here. And in this episode, we're going to talk about two main topics. One is balancing the amount of time that you promote to your audience versus giving out free information. And also, what is working right now in affiliate marketing? That's going to be fresh information from some webinars that I attended the last couple of weeks. And if you're on my email list, you know all about those webinars most likely as I sent several emails over the last couple of weeks. And we'll talk all about that as it interrelates to these two topics today. But before we do that, I just wanted to say I hope you guys had a great summer. This episode is coming to you on the last day of August. Nothing like a deadline to help motivate you to get what you need to done. I committed at the beginning of the year to giving you guys at least one podcast episode per month. And that's what we're doing today. And as I'm sitting here recording, I just saw my phone light up. I got a new email subscriber, so I'm going to go ahead and thank you live here on the podcast. Giovanni, thank you for signing up for my email list. And if you haven't yet signed up for my list, I'll give you the link. It is nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe. And when you subscribe, you'll instantly get my keyword brainstorming guide and my seven simple SEO tips guide for signing up. And in addition, you'll receive my newsletter, which anytime a new post comes out, you'll get that. And like over the last several weeks, there was a brand new training course from some folks that I follow and a training course that I actually was involved with several years back, one of their previous training courses. So I was sending emails to my subscribers all about that, some free webinars that you could have watched over the last several weeks, and you would have gotten some of the same information that I'm going to give to you here today, but it was in a lot more detail. There was one webinar that I could not attend because I had a previous commitment, and it was taken down shortly thereafter. And that is definitely the place to get all timely information that I send out. So if there's any promotions on any tools that I routinely recommend or anything that I think you guys would want to take advantage of, like a limited time promotion, 30% off, something like that, I will always send it to my email list immediately so I can get you that information before those offers expire. And while I may not necessarily get to do that on a podcast because it's only once a month or if it's only for a limited time, I'm not going to bother with a post on the site because it's really just going to go down shortly thereafter. So that email list is really where you can get all of that timely information that comes out and anything that's really important, I always send it to my email list. So again, that's nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe. And with that, we'll go ahead and get right into today's episode. And the inspiration for today's episode actually came from David over in our private Facebook mastermind group, which is at nichesitetools.com forward slash mastermind. And by the way, if you are interested in joining up that nichesitetools.com forward slash mastermind, which is just a free private Facebook group where we can all hang out and chat and ask questions and things like that, I did add two questions that you need to fill out before you join the group because I was getting a lot of spam requests from people. They would have like 500 plus groups just joined Facebook a couple of days ago, and I'm obviously not going to add those types of folks. But to weed out that spam, I'm adding two questions that you can answer there when you join the group. And if you don't answer those 
those questions, I'm not going to add you to the group. That's just one way to weed out that spam. So just a heads up, if you have submitted to join the group, but I have not added you and you have not answered those questions, that's why. So if you are interested in joining up, definitely just answer those questions real quick. Make sure you're not a spam bot or something along the way to make my life a bit easier and to make the community a better place. So just a heads up on that. But thanks to David for reaching out, asking a question in the Facebook group. As I mentioned in the last two weeks, Andrew and Sarah, Andrew Hansen, who created the Forever Affiliate Program training that I went through several years back. And the way they typically work is they work on their own niche websites and they work 100% on their niche projects and they don't have a full-time job other than doing affiliate marketing for themselves. But every couple of years, they create a new training program and they open up the doors for just a limited time. In this case, it was about two weeks. And then they close those doors for good for the next several years. So it's they open it up. They have hands-on training. They have different things within their course, private communities, and they do actual live hands-on training every two weeks. So this is something that's really intensive. They can only have a limited number of people. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to provide that hands-on individual training that is essential inside their courses. And they just closed the course at 3 a.m. last night based on the emails I saw today. So the course is closed. I'm not going to do any promotion whatsoever, but I am going to talk about some of the information they provided in that course. And the reason that David had reached out and ask a question in the Facebook group was because he had started to receive some emails from me about this course. And in that question, he just asked, am I promoting a course from Andrew and Sarah? And he said, things just seem a bit off. And I thought it was a great question. I appreciated him reaching out. And I just asked him for some clarity, asked him if he needed some clarity as far as the course goes and what exactly he meant by things are a bit off. I had an idea of what I suspected he was getting at, but I wanted him to clarify that to the group and to my Myself so that I knew how to address it and how to answer that. And that was the motivation for a portion of today's episode. So I initially responded to his question and said, yes, absolutely, I am promoting the course. And could I asked him if he could clarify exactly what he meant by things are a bit off. So he did do that a few days later. And he said, no worries. I just wanted to make sure that your email list hadn't been hijacked or hacked, basically was kind of what he was saying. And that because there was several emails on the topic and things he said were kind of general in nature as far as those emails go, and they weren't what he was typically used to seeing from me. He just wanted to make sure everything was on the up and up and somebody hadn't taken over my email list or things hadn't changed with the website. So I responded that I was really appreciative for him reaching out to me in that way because not only does it show that people are still out there and paying attention, but they're concerned you know, for the well-being of the site, well-being of the promotional materials that are coming out from my email list and things like that. So they're paying attention. They want to make sure everything is cool. And I really appreciated that. And I told him that in the group and everything was good. And he was really appreciative for the direct response and that we can have an open discussion in the group that everybody can see. There's nothing to hide. I'm always 100% transparent. So it's great to be able to have that give and take back and forth and to know that people are out there paying attention and to get that feedback was really helpful. And like I said, the motivation for today's episode. And I appreciated his response for the reasons that I mentioned, but also because I have been updating some things as far as my email list goes. In his quick question in the group, shortly after receiving an email or two, did show me that 100% he did notice the difference and he did notice something had changed. Some of the things that I've been doing with my email list is I went back and looked at my welcome email. I looked at my keyword brainstorming guide and some information had been out of date. So I went ahead and updated that information and now anybody that subscribes from 
this point forward, we'll get that updated keyword brainstorming guide and all the latest information in that welcome email. So that was one of the things I was working on. But in addition, something I did recently was I subscribed to some competitors in the online space. And these aren't necessarily the big name folks that you've heard of, but they're folks that do really, really well in affiliate marketing. So if you promote any affiliate products, there may be occasional launches and things like that where there'll be competitions that when you're promoting a product, the person whose product that is will keep track of sales and things like that, and they'll give prizes out to people that have the most promotions, the most sales, and things like that. So some of those names I've seen over and over, but they're not necessarily names like Pat Flynn or things like that that are well known in the space, but they're doing really well at something, which is uh, promoting affiliate products and getting sales. So I decided to subscribe to some of their lists to see how often they email, the types of things they do as far as email formatting, and all the different things that they do to get additional sales. And a lot of those folks probably get those sales because they have humongous lists of tens of thousands of people or even more. And there's a number of different factors that go in, but I wanted to kind of get an idea of some of the ways that they promote products, how often they email their lists, and things like that to see what people are doing today with people on their email list. And one of the reasons for that is I set out at the beginning of this year to make better use of my email list because I know I send that welcome email. I give you guys the keyword brainstorming guide and the seven simple SEO tips guide. But beyond that, I don't have a huge autoresponder. I don't constantly email you guys. But I think I could do way better in the utilization of my email list. So when I have new podcast episodes or posts that go live, you guys will receive that, which I consider my newsletter. And then anytime promotions come out, I'll also email you. But it's not a regular basis. I wouldn't say I email you every single week like a lot of folks do. And when I joined up with these folks' email lists, I was really surprised how often many of them email. And one of the ones that's typically at the top of these lists as far as competitions go no joke, emailed me three times in the first two days. And now if that were me normally just subscribing to someone's email list, I would have been long gone. I That's not something that I want. I don't want to receive emails that often. But it shows me that for them to succeed, they're constantly sending emails and they're getting their customers used to opening and clicking on those emails right from the start. So I'm not faulting them them for doing that because they're obviously having great success as far as affiliate sales goes. And if their audience is used to that and that's what they like is constant emails from them, great. And that did tell me something that I'm definitely not emailing anywhere near what a lot of these folks are doing. So I think there's probably a balance somewhere in between where maybe you are getting them used to opening those emails and to seeing regular emails from you so that you set that expectation up front. And if that's not something they're interested in, they can just click off and unsubscribe right away and no harm, no foul. But I think there probably is a balance somewhere between what I'm doing, which is sending an initial email with the guides that you're looking for and sending out newsletters anytime new posts come out and things like that versus having somewhere in between where maybe you're emailing some tips or something once a week or there's there's some sort of happy medium somewhere in the middle. And I've been on that particular person's list for a couple of weeks now and the vast majority of the emails that I've received from her in the last two, three weeks, probably 15 or so emails have been promotional in nature. They are either promoting internal information that she has, that she's selling information products that she personally created or affiliate products from others or tools that she utilizes. But I would say probably 80 to 90% of them are all promotional in nature selling some sort of product 
versus giving you free information or pointing you to a post that she has on a particular topic. So it was heavily weighted in her case towards promotion, which isn't necessarily a problem as long as you're setting that expectation and your audience is cool with that. They subscribe initially. They don't mind the frequency of your emails. And obviously she's doing a great job of promotion because it's working. She's getting a lot of money in sales. I've seen directly as a result of just some of these contests, she's gotten several thousand dollars from some of these promotions just because because she was the highest promoting person. For instance, getting the highest number of people to sign up for a launch or something along those lines, it doesn't necessarily even indicate that she had the highest number of sales. Well, certainly that's probably a component of it. But the bottom line is she's having great success. It's working. She's getting thousands and thousands of dollars just from one particular launch. So I can see 100% how she's able to derive a full-time income from doing that. But some of the information that I wanted to pull from these things is, like I said, frequency that other people email their list, and it's a lot more than I do. That doesn't mean I'm going to start spamming everybody with additional emails. That's not my intention. I personally don't like to be on lists that receive, you know, much more than maybe an email a week or so. So, just based on personal preference, I'm not going to be spamming anyone and the frequency of my emails is not going to increase exponentially anytime in the near future. So nothing to fret on that front. However, that does absolutely show me that I'm not making the best use of my list and I'm not optimizing how I currently utilize my list in the form of autoresponders and things like that. Nothing new, something I've mentioned in the past, something I'm working on. Absolutely, there may be some changes on that going forward. So hopefully better emails more information on a more frequent basis. But again, no near-term plans to spam anybody. You're not going to get a ton more emails from me. Don't worry about that. But based on the feedback that I did receive from David in the Facebook group, he had noticed something had changed as far as the emails goes and something had changed. I had been on that person's list for a week or so and the formatting of the emails was completely different as well. There was some bolding. There was some colors used in highlighting certain things in the email. So the formatting of my email had changed as well. I I used some of the features that that person had done primarily to make the emails more visually appealing. So using bold, um, separating sections, using less sentences per paragraph, and using different colors as far as fonts go and things to attract attention to different sections. And I had done some of the wording, how she had worded some of these emails and things like that. I had changed what I would normally do and added some of those features. So in short, I was going to use some of the features that this highly successful affiliate marketer had used in her different emails, I was going to use some of those when I was promoting this upcoming training program. And I was going to see if it had any effect on click-through rates and clicks within the emails and things like that to use this as my experiment to try to change some of the different things I do in the emails that I send out. So most definitely based on David's question after the first or second email, it did not go unnoticed. So some of the tactics and different things I was doing, he said those emails were a bit more generic than they would normally receive from me. And I 100% agree with him in the first one or two emails that I had sent to my subscribers, I think it was more generic because I was kind of keying in on some of the tactics that this other affiliate marketer had done and the way she had done things as far as the emails go. And I think I lost sight of adding my personal touch, which I usually do in every email that I send out. So the subsequent emails related to the course, I think I put more of my own personal spin on there. I was actually attending those webinars, so I gave some information specifically from the webinars that I thought would be helpful to you guys. But 
David's comment did absolutely open my eyes to the fact that I had probably shifted too far towards trying to emulate the success of somebody else, and I lost some of my personal touch in doing so. So I really appreciated him reaching out immensely because then I shifted focus back to what I normally do, which is add my personal touch. People like to be on my list because of the transparency, because I'm accessible, because you can relate to a lot of what I talk about. I'm just a regular guy. I have a full-time day job. I do this on the side trying to supplement my income. And you know, a lot of what I talk about makes sense to you guys. So in the emails after that, I did absolutely return to my personal touch, but I did try to keep some of the features. So I tried to keep some of the formatting, some of the different bolding, possibly using different color fonts and things like that to attract more attention and to make the emails look more visually appealing. And some of the things like that I will try to incorporate and continue to do to make it a better experience when you do receive those emails and make you want to open them, want to click through, and just have this information be relevant and valuable to you. But in addition, that does bring up the topic, how much is okay to promote to your list and how often should you do that? What's the right answer for that? How do you strike that balance? And that is a difficult thing to do. But I do really think the best time to do that is initially upfront with your list. So if you are creating some sort of autoresponder series, get them used to a specific frequency. I wouldn't say to email your list, you know, every day for the first week. Some autoresponder series do that. Like if they're giving you 30 days on how to build an email list to 10,000 people, you may be in an autoresponder where you're going to get an email every single day for 30 days. And in a situation like that, if that's what you signed up for, that absolutely makes sense that you would do that. But in most cases, if you're just building a list, you want to get folks on your list, give them great information along the way, and then continue to send them further emails down the road, you're going to want to establish some sort of frequency that says, hey, I I will email you most likely once every week or once a month or let people know up front what the expectation is so that when they do receive those emails, they're not surprised and they're not going to want to unsubscribe immediately. I think in most cases for most people that there's going to be like a sort of consensus that it's best to give, give, give. And then at some point when you have something to promote that's worthwhile, that's when you can hit that promote button. So, and if that's the model you're going to follow where you're going to give, 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 and then you're going to promote at some point in the future when something comes up, I don't think you should feel apologetic when you do do that. If that's something you're not used to doing, you're not used to promoting, and you feel like it's going to turn off a lot of your audience, that may be the case. And I don't think you should worry about that all too much. If if you have a list of, let's say, 500 people and 200 of them unsubscribe when you send out a promotion, obviously, I think you did something wrong there. So you're probably going to want to step things back. But if you get four or five unsubscribes when you send out a promotional related email, that's always going to happen. And in many cases, somebody not may not remember subscribing to your list if you don't email them that often, then all of a sudden, if they get an email, they say, what's this about? And you may get a response back when they unsubscribe saying, I didn't sign up for this list. This wasn't what I was looking for. If you have that sort of um, when they unsubscribe, there's a couple of checkboxes they click to tell you why they unsubscribed. You may get some some of those responses. But if you are constantly giving, giving, giving some great information that'll be helpful for your audience, you're typically not promoting every single email that you send or in every post that you do. There's not a huge promotion going on. And when you do have something to promote, don't feel bad about doing that. Don't feel bad about, you know, sending multiple emails on the topic. If it's some sort of training course or something that has a launch or it's a brand new product that has a launch, special pricing or things for a week or two, 
don't feel bad about sending the emails multiple times. If there's enough new information that you're presenting to someone, if it's the same thing over and over and over again, I don't think that's going to be adding value to anybody. So I certainly wouldn't do that. But if there's new information that you're giving, there's additional details about the course, there's promotions or anything along the way, you're giving them new information that's helpful to them. There's no reason you can't email multiple times within a couple of week period. And don't feel bad about that. If you're constantly striving to give your customers and your audience information that's helpful, you're giving them free information, you're helping them solve a particular problem or pain point, and you're giving them quick wins along the way, when you do have something to promote, don't feel bad about it. And that's what a lot of the big folks in the space will tell you, like Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk in his book, Jab, 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 Right Hook. That's kind of exactly what he talks about in there. And that's what I also remember Jeremy and Jason from Internet Business Mastery telling me early on years and years ago, a lot of the folks will tell you that, that a lot of people have a hard time selling or promoting or doing that. You know, it just doesn't feel right. But if you're in the business of giving out free information and people routinely reach out to you and say thank you for that great information and you're helping people overcome issues that they're going through you're helping them succeed you're helping them hit goals whatever it is that you're striving to help your audience with eventually you're going to get to that point where you need to promote you're giving up your time freely but you need to have some sort of return on your time that you're constantly giving out to your audience in the form of free content in the form of tips tricks and things like that there is going to be that point where it's time for you to promote and rightly so, you deserve to be compensated for your time for all the help and assistance you've given to your audience. And you shouldn't feel bad for that. In most cases, if you've had an audience for a while and you've helped folks out for you know months or years, they're going to want some sort of way to repay you. So if you have a resources page or you're promoting products or tools or information that has helped you and you really think it'll help the audience out, there's no reason not to promote that. And in many cases, I think you'll be doing a disservice to your audience if you do not let them know about some of these tools and resources that can help make their lives easier regardless of the cost involved. So let your audience make that choice. Maybe something is beyond their reach currently. They're just starting out, they don't have a lot of money to get started and whatever you're promoting isn't going to be for them right now, but maybe that'll be something for them in the future. There's always going to be people at different stages in the process of whatever your authority website is or whatever website projects you're working on, there's always going to be people at different stages. So if you can promote different products that may serve different segments of your market, great. So if there's something like a low, medium, or high, depending on where someone is or depending on what the particular promotion is, that would be ideal. Then you could give a little bit of something for everyone. But in many cases, you probably will only have one thing that you can promote and it's not going to be for everybody in your audience. And you can kind of tell people that. Put your own personal spin on it and say, hey, this isn't going to be for everyone. This is going to be for people that are looking for X, Y, and Z and are this far along in the process. Something along those lines will help your audience out so that they know up front that, hey, maybe this isn't for me, but I appreciate uh, Chris looking out for me, telling me who this will be, and then maybe in the future when I get to this other level, I'll look for similar sort of things coming from him. So a couple of takeaways from this segment on promotion are to kind of set that expectation up front as much as you can. 
when you're sending out your welcome email or your autoresponder series or you're setting that up, kind of set the expectation how often somebody's going to get emails. In my case, I changed my welcome email to clearly state that when you sign up, you are getting my newsletter, so you're going to get new posts as soon as they come out. You're going to get promotional details on things when there's special pricing or new products that come out as they relate to niche site projects in term of, terms of this particular website. And in addition, secondarily, you're going to get my keyword research guide and my seven simple SEO tips guide. So along the way, that might change. I might give you different guides and things like that. But for the moment, that's what you're getting when you sign up. So that expectation is set. And if you are clearly giving, giving, giving out information freely in the form of new blog posts, videos on YouTube channels, podcast episodes, whatever medium you're using, whatever format you're using for your website or your audience, if you are freely giving giving that information and you're truly trying to help people solve a particular problem or pain point and your heart is in the right place when it all comes down to it you know in your heart that you're really out there to help folks make a difference and make the internet a better place then when you do have something to promote don't feel bad about it put your 100% focus in on that still try to give as much value as you can help people make an informed decision it's not going to be most likely an offer for everybody so tell people who this offer is for, who it's going to have the most benefit for. And if you can do that, you can give an honest review that's not biased based on the affiliate commissions you're going to get, and you know it's not going to be for everyone. Try to make it the most useful that you possibly can for the people that you think it will have the most value for. If you can do that, if you can be open, honest, and transparent, I think you'll have minimal effect as far as sending out emails. As long as you're not sending somebody five emails in one day, you know, there's there's obviously a specific point where you're going to turn off the majority of your audience if you're doing that. But if you're sending them one email a day every other day or something like that for a short period of time, and you're giving them new information that they did not have in the last email, I think most people are going to be 100% fine with that, or they're just going to click on that email and they're not going to read the subsequent emails on that particular topic for that limited period of time. So for a short period of time, somebody might tone out if that offer isn't of interest to them, and that's fine too. Or if somebody does completely unsubscribe, they probably weren't somebody that was a good fit for your audience anyway. So don't feel bad about it when you do have to promote. Focus on giving as much free content and as much useful content as you can to help your audience up front. And then when it does come time to promote some offers, don't feel bad about it. Your audience most likely is looking for a way to repay you in some form or fashion anyway, so they shouldn't be put off by that. So hopefully that helps as far as the promotion segment of this episode. And the other segment that I wanted to briefly talk about was what is working right now as far as websites go and some information that I grabbed from the workshops and webinars over the past two weeks for that digital worth training program, which is now closed. So I'm not doing any promotion whatsoever. I'm just giving you guys some information. If you weren't on my email list and you did not attend those webinars, on just a few key items that they mentioned as far as what their business model is, what their training course was going to teach folks to do, and just give you some information that you can use and some things that you might want to think about as far as different items and different categories of things to promote and how to go about doing so. When I went through their Forever Affiliate course, which I think was around four or five years ago, 
At the time, the idea was that you would create multiple small affiliate sites, so probably 10 or 15 different pieces of content, and you would look for different phrases that targeted a certain number of monthly searches, and you were looking for low competition phrases, so it was smaller niche sites, really niche down sites, not necessarily affiliate type sites where you're focusing a ton of content on. So the idea was you're creating multiple small websites and you're scaling it out. Some of them would work, some of them might not work, and that's just what the particular model was. And now it's come completely full circle and the opposite is what they're doing. So what is working these days, which I think I've mentioned to you guys more on the site, that you should focus more on authority type websites where you have a broad main topic in mind that has several small subtopics that so that you generally don't run out of content because it's a big enough topic, but your individual products you're promoting or different things you're reviewing. There's, you know, a huge number of different things you could be doing, but it's less focused on small niche websites and it's more focused on creating more content, creating longer content, answering questions that people might have. And it's creating a bigger single website versus multiple small websites. And that's absolutely what the focus of their course is. And they weren't shy about giving you full details on exactly what their course would be about. What they were more providing in their course was the hands-on training, the instruction along the way, the specific tools that you can look up different phrases for and find out exactly how much you can expect to get in income from these different products. So it was a full encompassing course where they give you everything, including the hands-on, the step-by-step videos and things like that on exactly what to do. But they did give you the full framework on exactly what their course is involved with in those free workshops and webinars. So they were always giving away great free information and I'm always thankful for that. And that's kind of some of the information I'm going to give you here right now. And I took 32 screenshots when I went through that initial webinar for my own information and to be able to pass some information along to you guys like I am here today. And one of the great slides from the entire workshop was the eight main categories that they have proven that you can succeed in as far as bringing in income for. And their broader category bigger categories rather than niching down they're really big categories so here's the eight categories that they said that you should have no problem going into when creating a new authority website and that was technology health and beauty finance relationships food and drink automotive home and garden and hobbies so those are the main eight big categories that you should focus on when you're creating a new website. And I'll go over them again one more time real quick. Technology, health and beauty, finance, relationships, food and drink, automotive, home and garden, and hobbies. Those eight main categories are what they say you should stick with when creating a brand new website. And we'll talk about that again in just a second. But then one of the other great slides was a recap of the entire digital worth model, which was the name of the training program. And they said there was four main pillars of their course. And the first one was to pick your big market and maximize your income potential. So that's by picking one of those eight categories to start with. Number two was to drill down to the easiest corners and start publishing. Create pieces of content one at a time that you're targeting $76 a month or more per piece of content. Number three, explode traffic and revenue by integrating real publicity. 
And number four, grow to increase your income and achieve a cash payout of up to 30 times monthly profit. So that was the model of their program. Basically, pick one of those big markets that we talked about. Create pieces of content that you're targeting $76 a month or more for a piece of content where you're doing reviews or promotions or things like that. And not all of your content is going to be that. So I'll talk about that again real briefly in just a second. But explode that traffic and revenue by integrating real publicity. So getting real publicity from other news-related websites or PR-related sites, that's going to give you free organic traffic going forward. And then grow Scale that out, create more and more pieces of content targeting $76 a month, and the more you create, the better. And then eventually, once you have that recurring monthly income, you can look to sell your website if you so desire for up to 30 times a multiple of your monthly revenue. So for example, if you get your website up to making $1,000 a month in recurring monthly revenue over a specific period of time, you can look to sell your website for 30 times that or $30,000 if you so desire. Or you can just keep your websites, keep that recurring income coming in, but you always have that option to cash out if you decide to. That was one of the key points of their program. So that was really it in a nutshell. Pick that big category, create posts that make $76 a month or more. Not sure how they decided on $76 a month other than several examples in their materials from people who had gone through the course or people who they were training to build up for this course. That was the lowest amount per month that they were making on particular articles where they had focused their efforts on creating and monetizing that particular post. $76 was the low end. So that's, I think, where their low benchmark was as far as the proof that they had from people who had gone through and were helping them create this course. That was on the low end. So that's where you want to start with like a minimum bar to set. And what specifically did they mean in regards to those big categories? So there was another slide. They said that with those big A categories, understand that if you had been thinking of skin creams, digital cameras, or fishing rods, for example, understand that those will not be your market. Those are specific products within a market. So for example, if you like fishing rods, your category of your website is going to be fishing. If you like digital cameras, the topic for your website is going to be overall photography. And if you like skincare creams, your website is going to be about skincare in general. So don't think in terms of specific products that you're going to use as far as monetization goes. You have to think of the bigger category so that you have a lot more things that you can promote and you'll really never run out of ideas as far as creating content for your websites. So you may be thinking that, hey, these big, humongous categories like technology or health and beauty or finance, that's really difficult to compete on that level with those humongous keywords like that. And that is true. But the point of creating the website is that you're targeting those broad general topics that have a huge audience and a huge amount of content that you can create on it. But for the individual posts where you're actually targeting products or services or whatever it is you're promoting on your website, that's where you would dig a bit deeper and find those products with low competition that have high enough price points to make it worth your while to promote. 
all those sorts of tools and things they were going to be providing to you in that training program. So you start with those bigger proven topics and then you get a little bit deeper when you start to figure out which products you're going to promote, different subcategories you're going to target based on your own interests, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the bottom line. They gave a ton more information that was specific to their course, all the tools they were providing. They were providing you all these tools that can help you figure out which products to target once you figure out what your big um, category is and then exactly how much you could expect to make on a particular topic. It was identifying those low competition phrases and products to target and all those things were included within the course. And it wasn't a cheap course by any means. So it wasn't a couple hundred dollars. If you paid a one-time payment, it was $19.97 for that course. So you had to really be focused. And I said that in the emails as well that I sent out to folks. This was a course for somebody that has tried this, has failed, but is still focused on wanting to bring in a side income and really has the time. They said you would need to commit at least one hour per day initially. And one of the great questions is, I mentioned this in one of those emails too, that somebody had asked on the live webinar was, how much time do I have to commit to this program to be successful? And I loved Andrew's answer, which was, how successful do you want to be? The amount of success that you have is directly tied, at least initially, into how much time you're putting into creating that website if you're doing it yourself, how much content you're putting out there. The more pieces of content that you can get out there that make $75 or $100 a piece, the more your website's going to scale. So it shouldn't be a question of how little time can I put into it. The question is really how successful do I want to be and am I willing to make the commitment that it takes to achieve that amount of success? So for probably 90% of the folks out there, that course might not have been for you at this point in time because either you don't have the time to commit to it or you don't have the funds to commit to it right now. But that course would have been perfect for anybody that does have 1997 to commit to this and to invest in your future because they had all the hand-holding. They had live webinars. They had personal interactions with people in the private group. They gave you all the tools that you needed other than you had to sign up for, you know, you're going to need some sort of hosting and you needed a keyword research tool for the first month. So for one month, you might have had to pay extra for a keyword research tool just to do some initial things up front. But other than that, everything was self-contained in the course. All the tools you need, all the hand-holding, all the training videos, all the how to create a WordPress website. Everything was all within that course. And a lot of times we're blinded by a price point. And that goes for myself as well. If there's a particular conference or something that, man, I think this would be great. You could meet a lot of different people. You could jumpstart, you know, a lot of get new ideas from everybody. You could be in a place where like-minded people are that can help accelerate your plans, help give you new ideas that you would not otherwise never, never get without an environment like that. All things like that. Price point obviously factors in because it, you're giving up, you know, a good portion of your money in exchange for something that's hopefully going to add greater value than you put into it. That's of course what you're going to want. If you put $100 into something, hopefully you're going to get more than $100 in return down the road. That's the point of all these. And you never really know if that's going to be the case. But what I try to do for all you guys out there is 
just try to weed through that. And if I have experience with particular products, I'm not going to promote anything that I haven't gone through myself or know people personally that have gone through it, that have had a great experience. And I'm not going to steer you in the wrong direction. I'm not going to promote something just for the sake of promoting something to get an affiliate commission. That's not what I do. That's not the way I operate. And now that this course is completely closed, there's no way for you to go into it. I just wanted to tell you after the fact, I think that would have been an awesome course. Anybody that was on the fence, anybody that could have gathered that amount of money that was required for the course, you could have done three payments of 700 and something or other dollars, which you end up paying more if you wanted to do that. But there was an option for a couple of different payments. And another key thing they had in that program, which was a full money back guarantee, but a double your money back guarantee on top of it. They were so confident in the program that if you actually went through the steps, followed the steps, attended the you know live trainings and things like that, and actually put forth some effort, that you would have been 100% satisfied or they would have given you your money back and paid you for the time that you spent to try to get where you want it to be, even if you found that it wasn't for you for whatever reason. So that's how much they stand behind their product. And the reason I promoted that was, again, because I went through their training program previously, and I still utilize and talk about the steps that I used in that training program today. So it's still, a lot of it's still relevant today, although instead of creating smaller niche websites and a bunch of them, is that you can create one bigger authority website, and that's doing better for you these days because it allows you to rank better, allows you to build up more authority. And then in cases where Google changes algorithms, algorithms and things like that, you're less affected the more content you have that's been ranking and things like that. So all that makes sense. But I'm telling you about this now because since the course is closed, I no longer have an affiliate relationship and I would get nothing from this point forward unless they decide to open up the course a couple of years down the road like they typically do. They typically open this up every two and a half or three years. They come out with a brand new course and they open it for a couple of weeks and then they close it again. So right now there is absolutely no affiliate relationship between me and them. But I'm telling you this now that it really would have been a great course for anybody that was able to come up with the funds and was really looking for some hand-holding, uh, 100%, here's how you do it, here's all the tools you need, here's the support system you need to do it, and we're going to help you get along that process. But of course, that individual attention, the live webinars, the hand-holding, and all that requires more of their time, and they're very successful at what they do. So something like that is going to come at a higher price point. So again, that wasn't for everyone. A lot of folks are going to be turned off by the price point and just zone out after that. I fully get it. If you're not at that level, if you're wanting to try things on your own and you're just trying to bootstrap and start really small, that's exactly what I did when I started out. So I have you know no qualms against that whatsoever. But I mentioned that for two reasons. And one is that in the future, if I do promote anything, you can rest assured that I'm promoting it for good reason because I think it's really gonna help you. I wouldn't promote it if I thought even one person would email me back and say, hey, this product was pretty crappy. I can't believe you promoted this. I'm disappointed that I bought it. You know, anything along those lines. I would never promote something where I expected even one person to respond saying something like that. And I just wanted to bring that up so that when I do promote products in the future, you can rest assured that I, you know, my intentions and my heart is in the right place. And I strongly consider you check them out. And depending on where you are in the process, if something isn't for you, great. But if it might be for you, but the price point is too high, or there's any things like that that you have hesitation for, 
Don't ever hesitate to reach out. Ask me any questions you might have specifically. Why am I promoting this? Why do I think this can help me? Here's where I am in the process. Here's what I would like to be able to get out of a training program. Do you think this will help me? Never hesitate to reach out. You can always email me, chris at nichesitetools.com, and I will respond very quickly usually, and I will get back with you and provide you any information that I can give you to help you make a more informed decision. That's what I'm here for. And the other quick point that I wanted to mention was not to be blinded by specific price points. I know obviously we're all you know, working within a set budget. So we all don't have, you know, $1,000 or $3,000 or whatever the case might be for a particular program, course, tool, whatever it is, theme, you know, hosting. However, I do caution you to not always look for the lowest price point when trying to find something that you need to help you out. So whether it's a particular tool, a particular theme, particular training course, whatever it might be that you need to help you get to the next level, I would caution you not to always look for the lowest price point. Sure, we're always looking for the best deal on certain things, but sometimes there's tools that help you do things better or training programs that help you do things that you need to succeed. For example, maybe a self-paced training course that you pay $59 for or something that you find for free is going to take you more time. You're going to get more frustrated. You're not going to have the assistance you need along the way. So you're going to get stuck. You're going to stop doing it and you're going to quit altogether maybe to return to it in another year down the road. But you might never get to where you want it to be. So for example, if you could have found a training course like this that provided hands-on support, but it was going to cost you a lot, you're going to have to pull out of your savings and you were concerned that your spouse or significant other wasn't going to let you do that. They didn't want you to pay all that money. You have other bills that you need to pay, things like that. I would strongly encourage you to try to plan for things like that. So if there's something that you think can really help you and something that is leaps and beyonds above anything else out there that can help you really get to where you want to be, but it's going to cost you more, think about that for the future. Try to save, set aside some additional funds so that if tools are out there or training programs or conferences or any sort of things like that that can help you accelerate things, maybe a mentoring program or something that can help you jumpstart that process by following best practices. For example, most successful people that have gone on to achieve huge levels of success had some sort of mentor or some sort of mastermind or some sort of accountability group to help people get to where they want it to be. So those are some of the things you might look into. Setting aside money for specific conferences that you know are in your particular field that can help jumpstart, give you brainstorming ideas, connect you with people that can help you accelerate your plans that you can have in the future, the bounce ideas off of. I encourage you to think of things in the future that you might look into once you start to have some level of success or you start to need an additional level of help that you're just not going to find on your own. Think about those types of things now at the beginning of your journey, if that's where you are, or if you're a little bit further along, set aside some money so that if opportunities do come up in the future that you can take advantage of them. All too often what happens is we get too involved in the day-to-day. We're just paying bills, you know, doing our daily routine and we get sucked into that. Then when something really cool does come along that can help catapult your success or help get you beyond a point where you're stuck, you're not making any progress, 
and something like that does come out where you know you could take advantage of it and it could absolutely 100% help you in the future and it can be a huge investment, we just don't have the time, we don't have the money and it's just something we just dismiss because the price point was too high. I just challenge you in the back of your mind to be thinking about that a little bit. If you can set aside some money so that in the future you can take advantage of an opportunity as it comes up and it's something that's in your budget, let's say you set aside 50 or $100 per month or something out of your monthly budget for investment in my future. You know, I do a monthly budget. I follow Dave Ramsey, as I told you guys over and over again, and I use his every dollar budgeting tool. And every month, my wife and I sit down and we do a budget of the coming expenses for the month. But there's needs to be a category in there to help you and invest in your future. My wife and I both have that. So we have like $100 per month that's just your investment in your future to do something worthwhile. Whether that, you don't need to spend that. It can be a fund that grows and grows over time. So if you want to get a particular book or you want to do something in a month, you have that $100 set aside. And if you didn't use that money from the past month, you might have $200 after you know one or two months of doing that. And you can use that as a rolling fund that either builds up over time if you have something in mind that you know maybe there's a conference or something coming up every year that you can plan for the future. So you're just gonna let that accumulate. Or you can look at it as a budget item where say I have $100 this month that I'm gonna spend on different things. So I can spend $5 for this month on hosting. I'm gonna go out there and buy a new theme that's $40. And then in the next month, you might add an email service provider or you may add an email opt-in plugin. But I recommend that you budget something every month so that you either have it to build up for when you wanna purchase a larger tool or a larger training program or go to a conference or a webinar or something to further and advance your skills and your ideas and to reach out and to network with folks out there. I think that's really going to go a long way to your success. So I just wanted to quickly mention that. Just something that popped up right at the end of the episode here. I just recommend you budget for that. That way you're giving yourself permission to make a purchase when the time comes, when you see something that you know can help you out, and then you have those funds there rather than wishing you had those funds available and missing out. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up today's episode. I hope you guys got some useful information on things to think about as far as how often to promote things you can do to set the expectations up front for folks on your email list about how often they might receive emails, what they can expect along the way, and also some ideas on what you might want to think about as far as what categories to target for a new website, the idea of creating a bigger website with more content, a single website versus having multiple small ones, and the idea of having a monthly budget item so that you can save and invest in your future and get the tools and the training and other things that you need to help you achieve greater success down the road. We'll catch you again in the next episode in September. Bye-bye now. 